Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Here's your host, Mike Wood. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Mike Wood, and I am joined by one of our speakers from Work Human Live 2020. This is Dan Tomasulo. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Mike. Thanks so much for having me on this show. I appreciate it. Great. Can you tell our listeners just a little bit about who you are, kind of what you're working on, and what you're going to be talking about at Work Human Live? Sure thing. I'm a uh, core faculty member at Teachers College, Columbia University, in the Spirituality Mind Body Institute. And so I teach a course on positive psychology over in the clinical program, as well as the optimal well-being program for the uh, SMBI, as we call it, at Columbia. Great. So what are you going to be talking about in regards to Work Human Live? I think one of the core elements that we've seen over the last maybe 10 years or so is that there is so much pressure on uh, people to produce and to work and perform and that they very often don't get enough time to recharge themselves, to take a moment to understand that if they're in a good place, their productivity is going to go up and to give people real straightforward strategies for unplugging a little bit so that they can reconnect at a better level. And the science of positive psychology now has been able to demonstrate that if people engage in intentional well-being, that they're going to thrive and flourish. But often when we get pressures put on us and deadlines and things like that, we forget to take care of ourselves. And it's self-care that becomes essential, not only for meeting your deadlines, but for the long run. So what are some of the easy things that we can do in terms of like being more aware and taking care of ourselves? Well, in intentional well-being, literally there are hundreds of small things, but the low-hanging fruit, as I like to say, the, the things that are sort of easy pickings for us is our sense of gratitude. Believe it or not, gratitude is like wired into all kinds of performance elements, into our sense of self, into our feelings of joy and connectedness and relationship. So gratitude becomes something that we can engage in rather readily. And there are some simple techniques. I mean, the easiest one is when you wake up in the morning. If most people are like me, my to-do list is breathing down my neck when I wake up. <laughs> and so rather than just kind of bolt out of bed and you know get the day started and boom, 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 to literally take about 90 seconds, maybe two minutes, to do a gratitude review of the day that's just gone by. And that might sound very simplistic, but the research on this kind of stuff is magnificent. If you can take a moment to review the last 24 hours and identify three things that you have gratitude for, what it does is it changes our perspective of the day that's just passed. You know, if you had a crummy day and you can identify three things that went well, they kind of get brushed over, at best brushed over. Usually they get eclipsed completely by all the other struggles that we've had. So just by highlighting these three gratitudes, 
So I just wanted to kind of focus on that, highlighting the things you're thankful for. Is it wired into our brains that we kind of highlight the negative if something bad happens? Oh, absolutely. Great question, Mike. We have something called the negativity bias, which basically means that we're wired to survive. But we're also wired to thrive. So part of this is to learn how to make that transition. As an example, Jack and Sam are standing outside of the cave and Sam says, hey, let's go in. I hear some fun noises in there. I want to go in and explore it. Maybe there's some new kind of animals we can go see. And Jack says, "Nah, I'm going to stay out here. And Sam goes into the cave, doesn't ever come out. So what happens is Jack's genes get passed on because he was cautious and he was worried. So worrying becomes central to our DNA, basically. We know that we're going to survive if we're concerned about things. But that's not the only game in town. And if we review our day, there's all these things that we had to do. But there are also some really good things that tend not to get the attention that they deserve. And by highlighting them, we can transform the way we think about what's happened and what's going to happen. And that's what Work Human is all about. In our product and stuff, we'd like to highlight through gratitude the good things people are doing and remind them why they're cared about. So I want to turn the conversation a little bit to your book. Can you tell me about your book and what The Snake Pit is? Sure. My memoir came out last year called American Snake Pit. I was instrumental in helping to deinstitutionalize Willowbrook, which was the worst asylum in American history, and was over in Staten Island. Basically, what had happened is there was a ferocious amount of neglect. Much of the money was being diverted toward the Vietnam War at the time. And so people weren't being given the basics of food and clothing, as an example. And so the institution deteriorated. Eventually, what happened is that there was something called the Willowbrook Decree, and the state was mandated to provide funds to help people. So in order to show good faith, they moved people out into the community that were fairly high functioning, and then they provided more funds to move people out. And then they had really severely involved people, people with concomitant disorders, intellectual, psychiatric, and maybe a tertiary disability like blindness or immobility. And I ran an experimental group home that was, for all practical purposes, designed to fail. They just wanted to show that they had attempted this and that it wasn't going to work and the people would go back into the institution. And spoiler alert, <laughs> it ended up being they thrived. Once people were given the right opportunity, they flourished. And we're talking about folks who had very, very limited ability, but when they were treated better, they just embrace the idea of working together, building a sense of home and community and spirit. And so the story is about hope and persistence, because I think that underlies all our human needs. And this is the story about people who really demonstrated what that capacity is. We found in our research through the Work Human Analytics and Research Institute that Workers are looking for a purpose. They're looking for something that gives meaning to their work. They're not just going to punch in and punch out. So I love hearing that more studies that you, you give hope and purpose and people will fly. So I love that. 
Absolutely. And I think there's a lot more work that's been happening. Emily Estefani Smith has written a book on meaning that's very powerful because it gives us a sense of what we need to work on. What's the story we tell ourselves? What's our capacity for transcendence? And I think in the past, a work environment didn't embrace as many of those elements as possible. And now what we're finding is that when people have a sense of purpose and a sense of connection and a sense of positivity at work, that the productivity goes through the roof. Great. I love it. So if managers want to read more about positive psychology, besides reading the Work Human blog, where can they go? Oh, well, there's a couple of terrific books that I would say are seminal. The first one I would recommend is a book called Flourish by Martin Seligman. He's considered to be the father of positive psychology. And that book really sets the tone for the shift in psychology as a science towards embracing positive emotions and our well-being. The second book I'd recommend is called Grit, Passion and Perseverance Toward Long-Term Goals. And that is Angela Duckworth's book. She really has been able to identify the fact that it's our character not necessarily our skill or our intelligence that leads to accomplishment and achievement. And the other book I'd recommend is by Adam Grant. He's done a book called Give and Take, which is about bringing a sense of reciprocity to the work world where we can very openly give at work and also learn how to receive. So I think those three books will put people on the back. That's great. We love Adam Grant. He's actually, we've worked with him very closely over the past couple of years. He's keynoted Work Human twice, and his give and take book is pretty much spot on. Now, you had mentioned when we first talked that you do an Ask a Therapist section. Uh, where can people find that, just in case they need to ask a therapist something? <laughs> sure. I've been writing for psychcentral.com for the last 10 years, and we get about 2,500 questions a month. And for whatever reason, I guess I've become the relationship person on there. So we get a lot of those questions, and we try to find the ones that are most relevant to people that'll help them get through pretty much any kind of psychological issue that they have. And one of the things that I've noticed over the years and is actually the topic of my book that will be coming out the next year is hope, that what people are looking for is a sense of hope and maybe a pathway, like what is it that I can do to bring something important into my life? But I don't know how to get something better or more. Or I'm in a relationship that is dwindling and I don't want to let the relationship go, but I don't have any hope. So a large part of my responses are giving people something tangible to work on that will change their expectations of the future, which then converts to something more positive and energetic in terms of their day-to-day -day functioning. Great. Well, this has been a fantastic interview. I look forward to seeing you at Work Human Live next May. And thank you for joining the show. Terrific, Mike. Thanks so much for inviting me. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. 
Visit WorkHuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 